Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they them pronouns and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Fantasy violence, apocalypse, death and death of loved ones, grief and trauma, drowning, vast bodies of water and oceans, and storms. Seven years ago, there was a storm. A furious, violent storm of wind and rain and thunder. The kind of storm that sailors swear they aren't exaggerating about. The kind of storm that makes you believe in the gods. Kahealani straddles the rain-whipped deck of the ocean's thread, one hand gripping a length of rope strapped to the mast, the other wielding a massive axe that most people would struggle to lift even with two hands. This strong, dark-skinned orc woman raises her voice to be heard over the booming peals of thunder. Napua, tell me where it is! A human man his brown skin glistening with translucent coppery scales, braces himself against a shattered mass of wooden crates. I... I can't see it anymore. It must be singing. Kahelani! Napua, look out! The warning comes from a long-eared elf woman, her leather armor and robes battered with wind and salt. And Nali dives out of the way as a massive wave pummels the starboard side of the ocean's thread, the greedy fingers of the boundary waters sweeping away the blood and gore that slick the deck. Kahealani bangs the butt of her axe against the floor, splintering the wood of the deck. Damn it! Show yourself! Fight with honor, you monster! Napua calls out to her. Kahealani! 
but his warning comes half a second too late. Another wave slams into the port side, this one sweeping all three sailors off their feet and overboard. Napua throws out his hand and a glowing bubble forms around Kahealani before all three of them are swallowed by the hungry, lightning-riven sea, with the raven's eye swirling furiously in the near distance. Which brings us to here, to now. Seven years later, the raven's eye whirlpool continues to swirl. A hurricane of lashing winds and pummeling rains whirling above the white-capped depths of this whirlpool. Oka, Dewey, V, and Manaya. The four of you approach the eye, your rig drawn by a lone pegasus, the bone breakers shuddering in abject terror behind you. It's getting closer. What do the four of you do? Oka uh, is going to kind of like hop down off the front because at this point we're being pulled more by the wind and less by the Pegasus or anything like that. Uh, So Oka is going to like scramble over to Manaya, who I think is like like hanging off the front on her axe is where we left her. Uh, And they like put a hand uh, on her shoulder. They're like, Manaya. I trust you, but you better have a fucking plan for this. Manaya squints uh, with the ocean water, salty ocean water spraying her face. Uh, and she nods and swings back up. And she puts a hand on Oka's shoulder and says, Don't worry. The winds and waves of Mahu flow through my veins as strongly as any hurricane. We'll make it. I promise. Right, gather around. V um, turns from the the side of the boat where you know she was defending off the spider and uh, heads towards Manaya and Oka and says, "Manaya, I've done a lot of risky things, but this may be the funnest thing I've ever done." Dewey shuffles over and is like, "I haven't done a lot of exciting things, and this is really scary." Do you have a... What's the plan? Right. We're about... 10 minutes out... From... The edge of the whirlpool. I'm sure you can feel the winds. They're strong now, but once we get... uh, Once we get in there, they'll be strong enough to blow you off the boat. So first things first, we need everyone strapped down. Everyone get a harness, get a rope, get something. And tie yourselves to the base of the mast. All right. Uh, as the four of you rush and the bone breakers to follow Manaya's command, why don't all of you make a sleight of hand dexterity check for me to see how well you can tie yourself down? So Manaya's not tying herself down, and Dewey's already tied down, which means uh, Manaya's going to approach Dewey, but I'll let y'all resolve your checks. Thank you. What did you get, Oka? Uh, I got a natural 20. I've tied the best fucking knot of my life. It's like an easy slip, so I could just pull on one end and come completely undone, and I will never get tangled up in it. It's the best knot you've ever seen. You hear a laugh, and Manaya slaps your back a little hard and goes, Ha! You're a natural at this. Wonderful. I rolled a 23. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. I mean, you, you just had to one-up me, didn't you? You just had to. It wasn't a natural 20 or anything. It was just a 23. 
I, as a DM, I'm striking out, throw them off of the boat <laughs> from my notes. <laughs> For once, V Damn does it. not get knocked off the boat, okay? For once in your goddamn life, V, you're you're actually useful. Okay, uh, so the bone breakers are, like, they're trying. Lore has tied, like, like a, um, like a shoelace. <laughs> like, she's, like, bunny under, uh, over the rock, under the, under the tree. Damn it, I don't know what I'm doing. And Quailheart is just staring at, like, Dewey and has, like, put his, like, feathered hands on, like, on, like, Dewey's, like, rope that's, like, still binding him to the mast. He's going, let me in, brother. Please, let me join you there. Uh, right. Uh, Elka V, would you help the bone breakers? Uh, Dewey, a moment. Yeah. Anything to get away from this guy. I'm always watching. I'm here for you, Dewey. Right. All right, Dewey. You're the lightest out of us, which means your weight won't make a difference on this ship, so I need you. So, walk with me. And I take Dewey to the port side of the ship, um, where there is a long rope that goes from the top of the mast to uh, to the gunwale, the top of the bulwark, that like sort of uh, edge of the ship. And there's a rope to hide around a little piece of metal. Like a little hook. It's one of four uh, that go to the front and back of the ship and to the two sides to keep the mast uh, from falling over. Dewey, this rope is called a shroud. It keeps the mast from falling over. You should know this as you were there when we put this up. Now, when we get into the Raven's Eye, we're going to have a lot of strong winds from the starboard side. That's the other side. Right? So, on my mark, I need you to unloop this rope and bring it to the other side. We need to reinforce the mast from that side so it doesn't snap. If it snaps, the ship goes down. Alright? This happens when we're in in the whirlpool. The mast is down right now, so, so it'll be relatively safe. But I'm going to pull the sail up once we're close to the bottom, so the winds will blow the ship up and out to the end of the race. And I need you to tie this rope. Sure. Uh, you sure you know what you're doing? Are we not gonna take this boat to the bottom? She won't make it. We won't make it. Dewey. Manaya puts her hands on your shoulders. I don't care who you worked for. I don't care whose paragon you are. You're Nuhan. Which means, look at me, Mahu's waves flow through your veins as strong as any ocean current, and her fire burns fiercely in your heart. You can do this. We'll make it. Right? I trust you. Aw, Manaya, why don't you take a point of inspiration for that? I would give one to you too, Dewey, but you're already full up. Damn. Now that we're all harnessed in, here's the plan. We're going down to the Raven's Eye. The sail is down, for now. When we get to the bottom, I'm going to pull the sail up and tie it. The winds of the eye should carry you up and out the other end. But in order to angle the sail right, we need to tip the boat to its right, the starboard side. That's that side. Okay? So on my mark, everyone makes their way to the gunwale on the starboard side. I'll pull up the sail and we'll practically fly out of there. Understood. Okay. As the rest of you nod, uh, Scrum lets out, It's it's getting close! It's approaching! Oh boy! Uh, as now gale force winds begin to whip 
and buffet like the sides of this rig. You could feel like this boat like rocking from side to side as the waters get choppier and choppier and all of you can feel ocean spray hitting your faces, the salt spackled water like grating against your skin and getting into the crevices in your feathers, Dewey. Yes, Oka. Oka was just going to uh, kind of like as we're approaching like like side up beside Manaya and ask a little bit lowly like Manaya it's going to take us a second at the bottom I don't how are we going to get out of there we send the boat back up with you know those three on it but <laughs> we're not going to leave you or your parents down there at the bottom my parents <laughs> Napua is the most powerful source I've seen in my life don't tell V and I swear, my mother could probably throw us all out if she wanted. We'll find a way out. But we need to get down there first. Well, we're not going to leave you down there. We'll find a way out together. On your mark, Captain. Uh, and Oka's going to like sidle back into position. Right. Let's do this. Okay. As the rig draws closer and closer to the whirlpool, like the three bone breakers, they've like strapped themselves into like the very back and they're like shuddering like the, like their kids on a roller coaster. They're like quaking and quaking and Quailheart's going, here we go. And Laura's going, uh, like saying something in Nabalish that do you understand as like a prayer to Scott and Nectus to like carry them through this like this huge risk that they're taking. Uh, and then you all feel the current pull you as you reach the edge of this whirlpool and it is massive it is maybe like several like hundred feet across at its widest diameter this huge whirlpool you can see like like the finish line is beyond it right you can see something like floating like in the air but like the, the gale force winds are obscuring what the finish line might look like and as the boat begins as the rig begins to follow the line of this current i need all of you to make a dexterity saving throw it's going to be a low dc because you're all strapped in to make sure you remain strapped in Non-natural 20. Nice. Okay, Manaya. Dewey? 18. 18 for Dewey. V? 13. How yes, does a 5 do? You better, you better <laughs> use that goddamn collective inspiration. I swear to... Mahu's winds and fires. Yeah, how low I is the DC? so. Yeah, how low is the DC? Did 5 hit it? Or, uh... <laughs> I don't think 5 <laughs> is quite gonna cut it, so why don't you use that collective inspo? Ten. That, that just, just makes, makes it. it. Oh, fucking thank God. A ten just makes it. Uh, so all of you are like strapped in. You can see like the bone breakers like bouncing like in their seats as as the boat begins to tip a little bit from the force of the swirling. Uh, the mast is still folded down at this point, right, Manaya? The mast is up with it's all up. the shrouds tied. Okay, but the so sail is out. Sail is not out. All right, that's smart. Uh, so as, as it begins to tilt to almost like a 45 degree angle, like from and it begins to move faster and faster and faster, just like a roller coaster, like going like up, 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 up. And you're beginning to like go down, right? You're beginning to like take your first drop and and a little, like water begins like splashing and spraying like into the interior of the boat. Uh, and the bone breakers, uh, Laura goes, oh, oh, Manaya, what do we do? We're starting to sink. Uh, as water, like, fills the inside of this rig. What do the four of you do? Manaya, uh, probably holding uh, another end of a rope tied to the mast and her axe in the other hand, uh, slams the butt of it into the deck, maybe cracking a little bit of the wood. It goes, damn it, <sighs> we need holes in the bulwark. 
uh, and she, uh, while one hand holding the rope, uh, the other hand cracks a hole in the bottom of the bulwark, like right up, um, right above the deck, to give the water a way to go out. But so small Ooh. enough that the water doesn't come in through it. Interesting. I'll actually give you inspiration for that. That's really cool because you obviously studied up on boat stuff. I'm like, really what didn't. the hell is a bulwark? <laughs> so, okay, you begin to crack yeah. holes and you see like the water leaching through. So even as water pours in, it like splashes back out through the holes that Mania is puncturing through, like through the bulwark. And Laura goes, what are you doing? You're destroying her. You're destroying my ship. Oh, wait. Oh, nice. <laughs> as as the rig continues Manaya just to gives her a look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quailheart is screaming this like high pitched squeal you've never heard him make in his like lower octaves. I think only Dewey you can hear him due to like your like bird ears. He's like screaming like up there, uh, and uh, Scrum the Goblin's just going yeah 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 and like pounding like the hilt of his dagger against against the hull. And as the rig continues to go. It's picking up even more speed now. So I need all of you to make a constitution saving throw to stay, I think, like maybe like not incapacitated as like the speed begins to pick up, like reaching terminal velocity, sort of. What did you all get? Also not natural 20. Oh my god, Manaya. 14 plus 6. Jesus. 21. 16. <laughs> a fucking 9. What the hell? <laughs> What did you get, Dewey? Huh? 16. 16. Okay, all of you are fine. Oka, this is like the worst day of your life. You're getting whipped. You're getting, you know how like sometimes you're on a roller coaster and you're like not strapped in super securely, so you're getting whipped around, like rattled around like a little bead in a can. You. But my knot was so good. My knot was so good. Too good. Your knot is, is the only reason you're like not unconscious. You're not unconscious uh, as your head like lashes from side to side side to side you get real dizzy right as you're beginning to like skate the edge of this massive whirlpool so oka i think what that means is you will have disadvantage on your next attack roll saving throw or ability check uh a minus one forward, I guess, in PBTA terms. Uh, so as the, the boat continues to swirl, Manaya, it's getting to that time. It's beginning to go. It's not getting out of the Raven's Eye, right? Because that wasn't your plan in the first place. It's getting taken by the whirlpool. And the water splashes in and splashes out through the holes. Water splashes in and splashes out. And actually a huge wave washes over you all white surf and foam. And like, like it leaves like, like fish behind in its wake that like flap and like flop uh, on the deck, but they like flap out as soon as they come in. And you see like a shellfish and then like a seagull, like all these poor creatures that have been stranded by the hurricane above and like brought up from the depths of the ocean, from the, the force of the, of the whirlpool swirling. So Manaya, you begin to get deeper and deeper in and it's not like a straight funnel down, right? Like you can't see the seabed from here. You're gonna have to go underwater and it's coming up soon. Like even those holes will not be enough. You're gonna, you're gonna get submerged. So what do you do before the rig goes under? Uh, Manaya lets out a, a Nuhan yell, um, hooks the mast with her ax and swings up, pulling the mast up and quick ties a knot. Okay. Uh, I think I'll just a low check for you. Why don't you just make a dexterity check and add your proficiency modifier? Because you are proficient uh, with ships. 
14. Okay, that is sufficient. Uh, so describe to me what it looks like as you're getting, rigging the mast to get ready. She grabs the sail with one hand and hooks her axe on the mast with the other hand and swings up to the top, to the masthead, the top, uh, pulling the, uh, the sail up. Um, and she grabs like another end of one of the shrouds, probably, uh, and ties the sail up so that it's up. Sounds good. Uh, it's getting to be Dewey's time soon. I think all of your like hearts sort of like drop down, not because necessarily maybe you're scared, but because that's literally just what your body does when responding to such speed and force and winds and waves just buffeting you from all sides. Um, and the rig goes under. It like starts to submerge under the water. And there's like little pockets and, and gasps of air as like bits of it like poke out, but it's it's starting to get carried by 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 the force of the whirlpool. And Manaya, you know, you there's a, a slight window of opportunity to like rocket the rig back out from the depths of the whirlpool, but we're we're approaching that window and it will close soon. So what do we do? When we get to a, a gasp of air, um Manaya yells go to the crew to just get them to the other side um, and stops Dewey from doing what, what Manaya told her to do because if he does that the mast will snap since we're underwater um, and the wind isn't a factor here and she is going to get to the back of the ship maybe she'll like with one hand just like pull herself um, down the gunwale to the back uh, and hook her axe onto the back of the ship and jump off to angle the ship up so that it goes. Okay, so that's going to be some kind of a check. It's going to be pretty high DC because <laughs> you are not only trying to like... This, you're trying to attempt the impossible here, right? Which is to sail into mm. the Raven's Eye and out. Which is something that, like sailors have said, no one's ever accomplished here. So I think that's going to be, again, a dexterity vehicle handling check that you can add your proficiency modifier to. We if do have an I auto know, crit on the board. And if I know this is going to get the ship out, I will use it. Okay, this will get the ship out. Okay. I will use it. I'm taking that auto crit off the board. So, Manaya, describe to me what happens. Uh, so, Manaya goes to the back of the ship. Um hooks her axe onto the back uh, and jumps off and with a huge yank uh, the ship sort of tilts up and the sail uh, I think starts catching some of the water and then some of the wind um, and because the ship is angled up and the sail is built to push the ship forward uh, the ship starts turning the circular momentum into circular plus four plus vertical okay uh the sail billows outward right and like a wind a gust of wind catches it and it's the oddest thing it's like that scene it's like a fucking peter pan movie like the rig actually skates over like a a a big smashing wave uh and yes manaya as soon as the ship starts going out manaya is unhooking unhooking her axe and jumping in Okay. And as the ship like sort of rockets into the air, actually, and I think all of you like smell like the, the scent of almost like leaves 
and autumn as this gust serendipitously like carries carries the ship out of like the danger zone right and the ship's still gonna like whirly durly around a little bit but it'll it'll whirly durly its way out uh, of the of the raven's eye and rocket its way toward toward that finish line and all of you see Manaya like a little chip of wood fly out as the axe is dislodged from the ship and Manaya jumps Oka Dewey V what do you do as this ship is sailing through the air like waves like like pummeling it from all sides but being borne towards safety has been pretty discombobulated this whole time, but as soon as Manaya's gone, they like they pull on that fancy pants knot, uh, and I think like they try to do like a dive off, but they like trip over a fucking fish and they just go like face first into the water after Manaya. Uh, and I don't like they just they're sputtering water, so they don't even say anything. They just like untie themselves, trip, and then they're in. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, why don't we have a point of inspiration for taking that L so gracefully? I won't even make you roll for it because you're gonna you're gonna take that L on, on going in. Oka, so just know that going in. So Oka also like undoes the knot. There's like a glorious moment as the rope like falls away, but like perfectly, but then you like fall. Your like boot like skids on 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 a uh, eel that's that's like flopping around. I'm very dizzy. I'm very dizzy. I don't even know which way is front. I don't know which way Manaya went, but I'm going to. Great, awesome. I think just by taking that automatic L, you can, we can get rid of the disadvantage penalty on your next check because you're you're taking the L here and you flop over uh, the <laughs> the edge of the railing of the hole. Dewey and V, what do the two of you do? Uh, v is gonna watch Oka um, taking that L, so to speak. Uh, gonna look back at Dewey as she's untying and and she's just gonna look at Dewey and be like, it's a perfect day for a swim. And just sort of like, almost in a very cold manner, just like, cause the ship is like, I'm tilted. So you just see like, almost like bees being taken in by the spray of water. And it looks almost like, you know, a scene from certain wizarding movies, whereas people just go into the mystical light and, and she disappears into the water. All right, which leaves just Dewey and the three bone breakers as this rig soars and Coil Heart's like reaching out to you being like, don't do it, Dewey. Don't leave us. You'll die. What do you do, Dewey? Dewey's, Dewey's nod is not nearly as sophisticated as the others, so it's kind of like, it's like fist size. He's just trying to tear, uh, pull it apart as quickly as he can because also Quail Heart's reaching for him. Uh, and the moment he gets it free, he just kind of folds his arms against his body and his head in and he just like lets the force take him off the boat because Dewey does the first brave th thing of his life exclusively to get away from an annoying NPC <laughs> <laughs> you hear Coil Heart go no I know, like, fades into the distance, his, his voice swallowed by these, like, whipping foam sprays and the wind and the water and all four of you plunge into icy cold darkness so i'm gonna need I, there's some sort of check i think that needs to happen here uh why don't the four of you make a athletics check for me eight 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 from dewey oka 21 finally 21 from oka manaya Keep rolling 14s so that it's going to be an unnatural 20 unnatural 20 again from manaya v two <gasps> <laughs> okay, we don't have any collective these, inspiration on the board, and we're out of that. These dexterous, article. not strong. <laughs> it's true, but that didn't help. I, it was a poor roll plus negative modifier. Okay, 
So as the four of you plunge headfirst into this whirlpool, you're basically all like holding your breaths, right? And like letting the whirlpool take you down and literally taking a jump, a leap of faith. And Oka and Manaya, the two of you are able to stay like, like keep your eyes open if you want uh, against like the rushing salt water and like the fish and the swirling and like the little pockets of eddies and whatnot as yeah, this is Mahu's strength. This is Mahu's fury. This is Mahu's might as you are pummeled down, down, down into the, the swirling abyss of this water. Um, Oka and Manaya, the two of you remain conscious. That's what your roles mean. Dewey and V, sometime in the middle of getting banged up and punched by water and a literal fucking whirlpool that you just jumped into, the two of you lose consciousness, right? You don't die, but I think you just become incapacitated uh, by the, the whipping motions and, and maybe because you're, you're unable to take a breath, right? So as you get forced down, 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 Oka and Manaya, Two of you make just a constitution check first. Heck, not saving throw. Not saving throw. You can add, well, actually, uh, say, let's do say, I don't like the way saving throw is phrased, right? This is more of like a how long can you, so you can add your proficiency to it if you're proficient okay. in con saving throws. In that case, um, 10. Uh, I mean, I'll roll it, but, oh. <laughs> five. Um, uh, five. Uh, but also, um, I would, I would love to uh, have using maybe that athletics check instead of like keeping myself upright or ha- eyes, hands alive, open. I would have tried to perhaps grab onto either Dewey or V instead, or like could that be the boon of saving on the athletics check? Yeah, let's say uh, let's say that's what the boon is. So Oka, you can grab either V or Dewey and Manaya because you also rolled so high. You can grab the other. If that's okay. if that's what you feel like your character would do. So who's grabbing who? Manaya's just gonna bear hug Dewey. Yep. Uh Oka. I think maybe V when she like backwards jumps, like kind of lands almost on Oka and they're like, stop! And then they're like, wait, you're mine, and they grab. Uh and they just go down. But I did get a five for that other thing you just asked for. So we'll see what happens. So remember, you have a point of inspiration, Oka. So do you, Manaya, because you got, what, like a 10? And we also mm-hmm. have an autocrit on the board again, thanks to a generous donor. So would either of you, before I resolve what happens with your 5 and your 10, like to use inspo or autocrit? I'll use my, one of my inspirations. Sounds good. Let's re-roll that, Manaya. What about you, Oka? Sure, I will also go ahead and do that. 24. Okay, a 24 from Manaya. Oka? A 15. Okay, that is much better than earlier. So both of you are able to... Uh, Manai, you're bear-hugging a Dewey whose like, head is just sort of limply flopping, and his glasses are gone. Dewey's glasses are just completely washed away, right? There's like no fucking way. There's no way. That's what happens when you jump. I lost my glasses when I was like 10 in like a lake, right? Like a, a Girl Scout camp. There's no way you keep your glasses on, especially with these checks. Um, and V, Oka, you're like grabbing onto V, like V's like chrysalis robes are like swirling everywhere, getting waterlogged and like whipping her around. But the two of you are able to remain uh, conscious with your constitution saving throws. You're able to like hold your breath for as long as you need to until you reach the bottom, uh, amazingly enough. And as you're born down, 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 really, you're also able to bear the brunt of the pressure. Like the, t- the tons of cubic force of like ocean water, like trying to compress you, right? Like 
but the two of you are able to just take it. Unfortunately, Dewey and V, because both of you are unconscious, you're just going to straight up take a little bit of force damage. I don't think save necessary. So why don't both of you mark down 10 points of force damage taken as you're buffeted by the ocean. V's is zero again. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm legit unconscious then. Why not just make it five? Oh boy. Still well, that a little. I mean, I think I think that tracks for me. <laughs> that that tracks for me. So V, you fall fully unconscious, like for real again. Uh, and do we take those ten points of force damage as the four of you get borne down by these swirling waves? Oka and Manaya, because the two of you are conscious, make a perception check for me. Sure. I also want to say that the thing that Oka is doing in this moment is instead of like letting them like just like getting taken, they're trying to swim down. They're trying to go as fast as they can, like downward, like to to get out of the swirling and into like the downward motion. It was an 18. Okay, sounds good. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, based on your athletics checks from earlier, they're not quite high enough to be able to swim. I mean, unless you're like swimming with the current and like not fighting it and just trying to go down, then I think that's fine. But this is a literal fucking huge whirlpool. I don't think you can swim against it or out of it, right? Uh, so as you go down, you got an 18. Oka, what did you get, Manaya? Uh, 24. You both are rolling so well. Yeah, 24. That is both sufficient for the two of you uh, as you're grabbing on to your unconscious, incapacitated party members and just bearing down. The two of you see beyond this like swirling because you're also getting like bored in circles over and over and over it's very dizzying uh but with your 18 and your 24 you're able to discern shapes in this like swirling darkness right because at this point like light still penetrates uh from the surface but it's leaching out more and more and as you are reaching kind of like the ocean floor at this point it's getting really fucking dark but you can sort of see like vague shapes beyond the swirling eddies of the whirlpool you see what appears to be um a huge almost like a, a like a mountain around you like if the seafloor like were to go up as well it's not just like flat on the bottom right there seem to be mounds and it, you see like reefs like swirling by you see like big dark moving shapes that could be fish or whales or sharks or anything like that uh, and you see like a big like like fu- like and <laughs> manaya with your 24 you also see like the battered broken remnants of dozens of ships just like littering littering like all over like crammed and, and, and slammed against the size of these rising sea mounts is what they are. Like little, like, um, almost like, like underwater buttes, right? That, that like rise up from the seafloor. And as the four of you get swirled deeper down and deeper down, Oka and Manaya, you also see two other things. The first thing you see, and Manaya, I think maybe this resonates with you a little. In one of the seamounts that's beyond the whirlpool, right, beyond the swirling tides of the whirlpool, you see like a little cave entrance that's like drilled into the side of what looks to be like a, a rocky, mossy reef, right, of, of the seamount. And your heart almost like sings when you look at it. And you feel a flash of that vision you got before you plunged into the whirlpool, like wipes across your mind as well. And you just know intuitively that is close to where your parents are. Like that, it's there. It's gotta be there. There's no other place it could be. Like that cove, that cave, that cave is the key. 
The only problem is getting out, getting out of the whirlpool to get there, right? The second thing that both of you see is the bottom of the whirlpool. Uh, and the two of you see its source. There is a massive fissure cracked in the ground. At this point, maybe f- 300 feet away, like below you. Not like right there, right? You've got some time. Uh, a huge cracked fissure just like just like oozing air bubbles and, and jet, jets of like steam and vents. But there's something else. The depths of this fissure are glowing. It's glowing a strange, almost like rainbowy, iridescent like sheen, almost like an underwater aurora borealis. So Oka and Manaya, I need both of you to make an arcana check for me. Manaya doesn't know much about magic at all. So interpret this how you will. But it's not 20. <laughs> Ay- okay, Oka? Uh, Oka got a 19, also. Damn, these rolls are so good. Like, Dewey and V are just, like, limply, like, people around me, like, damn. Uh, Oka and Manaya. This is definitely some magical shit, right? Like, this is, it's actually brimming with magic. And the two of you can feel, like, the, the lines and the threads of the weave, like, pulling tight, tight tight against your skin, especially as you get closer to it. And Oka, your heart begins to beat very quickly, and Vinash sort of begins to squirm a little, like, against the confines of your soul. And you realize what this is. It's fear. This fissure, it's just brimming with power, right? Like, this thing, whatever this phenomena is, it is ancient, right? Like maybe as Vinash is squirming, Vinash seems to recognize it, right? Maybe even as ancient as the gods. And every fiber of your being, Oka, is screaming at you to get the hell out of there, like go back up the whirlpool, like do not go in there, do not go in there, right? Like whatever magical energy is in there will probably tear you apart in some way beyond the physical. Manaya, with your nat 20, you glimpse in like the mesmerizing ethereal shimmers of this like light coming out of the depths of this fissure. Images of Endake's past. You see almost like armies marching, like right? Like across like an open field. You also see like a massive sword like, fa- like flying through the air, like piercing the ground, causing a like an earthquake. Uh, you see a woman clad in sort of like plate armor uh, and as she like jumps off of the ground, cratering it like beneath her from the force of her takeoff. She launches into the air. And as these images flash to your mind, why don't you make a history check for me to see if you know if you can place them? 18. Oh, yeah, these are images from from the Gambit of Queens many, many millennia ago in Endake's like mythic past, right? You also see glimpses of, well, it's hard to describe. You're from the kingdom of Uhanahi, so some of this makes more sense to you. I'm glad you're the one who got a nat 20, right? Because you see huge structures of steel, right? And steam chugging into the air, black ash spouting from chimneys. Um, And you see these, ah, They're kind of similar to the vehicles that you were racing against right here in the Derelict Death Derby. You see these um, vehicles, I suppose, uh, with with sort of, they almost look like glistening beetles, like chugging along like uh, a black, a black strip, 
right? And and like like plumes of, of exhaust and gas are, are chugging out of their their uh, their rear sides, and like there's like glassy like windows like built into their sides, like these like structures of steel, and they're rolling along on wheels. But the wheels are made of a material you've never seen before. Uh, and you also uh, the last thing you see, I think, is a, f- a face. I actually don't know if you would have seen this face before, um, but I'll describe it to you. A man's face, pale skin, uh, blonde hair, that's sort of like slicked back, right? And he's got these like pure, like these, I think I described them as having blue eyes. And he's wearing this sort of like garb you've never seen anyone wear before. It's almost like a, similar to these, it's like a suit, right? But it's like very like, like manicured, like, like, like it's like a charcoal gray and he's got like a tie on. But like the style is really like, foreign to you you've never quite seen it um and you can see his 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 face in the rift uh (laughs) and the same things that i described to oka are also happening to you this feeling of fear right of the princess of leaves like pressing against your soul like almost like crying out at you like don't go in like don't get sucked in there so with all of that information thrown at you oka and manaya what do the two of you do I'm a little confused about like the geolocation of where we are. Are we underwater swirling or is this like a whirlpool where there's still air and we're like sideways kind of and swirling down towards it? And where is the cove in all of this? You are not breathing. Uh, It's completely underwater. You see that huge, vast, swirling, like, funnel. There's a vast, swirling funnel of a whirlpool that goes all the way down. And it seems to originate from a fissure in the ground, in the seabed. And sort of, like, rising up around you are rocky formations. So the seabed, the seafloor isn't just, like, flat and there's a fissure. There's, like, little, like, coral reefs and, like, jutting bits of, like, almost like underground buttes, like I described earlier. Like, beyond, like, within the swirling of the whirlpool built into one of these, or rather chiseled into the side of one of these like reefs, or as I described them, um, sea mounts, is like a, 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 an, a cave entrance that is calling out to Manaya. So you're, you're not breathing, you're still underwater during all of this. Okay, that clarifies things for me. Uh, and basically there is no way for us to get out of the whirlpool. Like... Like, no strength check will be strong enough to swim to the cove, basically. I mean, I, wouldn't, I would say a really high strength check would be sufficient. We do have an auto crit on the board. Or if you could, like, use magic or figure out a different way. Manaya can't communicate with Oka since we're underwater, so she's going to attempt to break away from the whirlpool and swim towards the cove in hopes that they see her. Uh, and with Dewey, maybe, like, a larger shadow uh, in the water okay. and try to follow. Will you be using the autocrit, or do you want to see how you roll first? I'm going to see how I roll. I have two inspiration. Make an athletics check. Use one inspiration. Sounds good. 22. Okay, a 22. I'm going to give you a hard choice. Either you can make it out, or you can throw V. (laughs) And, like, get V Dewey, mean. Sorry, Dewey. Yeah, or you can throw Dewey, like, toward, like, in, like, a straight line, like, toward that cove. It's one or the other with a 22. Dewey's unconscious, right? Yes. Which means he's kind of dead in the water if I just throw him. But I can't leave him in the whirlpool. 
what the hard choice means is that either you'll safely get to the cove or he will. So I'm not going to be like, oh, he, he swirls and falls into the fissure. Like if you throw him at just the right angle, right? Because the cove isn't outside of the whirlpool. It's like still within its swirlingness. Uh, so if you throw Dewey at just the right angle and at the right force, you'll like use the current and he'll like, he'll like clip onto the edge of the cove and go in. Okay. In that case, I'm going to do that and then wait for myself to go around and then try again. Sounds good. Okay, so Manaya, you throw Dewey uh, and his limp feathered form sort of like whirls around the edge of the swirling eddy and he smacks uh, against the lip of the cove and like more of the current pushes him in. Uh, And Dewey, I think you start to regain consciousness uh, as the smack like sort of wakes you up and your body is like, like in a washing machine, like getting like hurled all all down. Uh, what you're realizing now, Dewey, uh, is a tunnel, a stone tunnel, right? Like inside, inside built into the seamount. But before we get to you, Dewey, Oka, what do you do? Um, I'll try something similar, I suppose, um, as maybe Oka is still like trying to see all of this. Um, they still have their culling edge out from earlier, so they're just gonna like, as they come around to the side of the cove, try to just like plunge that into the rock to hold on so that they could like cr- like crawl in that way is my attempt. Okay, that's really smart, actually. I'll give you a point of inspiration for that. Uh, why don't you make an attack roll? I'll be using that inspiration right away. Sounds good. Do we have any other collective inspiration? <laughs> no, but we have an auto crit on the board. Okay, yeah, I suppose if that will get me and V in there, then uh, I will take it. All right, Oka, what happens? Uh, Oka uh, is like holding onto like basically like around V's waist with one arm uh, and like and they kind of like punch back behind their own head uh, into like into the like at the lip of the cove basically and it just goes right into the rock. And I think it's kind of like they ragdoll for a minute and like they like go out, but they just like hold on and then they get like a foot in there and then they like, you know, then I think maybe it like is like once the current like snaps back and they're able to like just kind of like whoop, like up and into the cove, uh, like using that force of like going around uh, to get in. Awesome. Yeah. So you like punch your culling edge uh, into the, the rocky side uh, of this uh, sea mount, uh, dragging V right with your other hand. And you basically like ice pick your way and you fling yourself into that cove, right? Safely with, with V's battered body sort of being pulled along by you. Uh, and as you, as you swim and punch and swim and kick your way into that tunnel is what you realize it is now um you see sort of like a dewey's body like floating (laughs) like floating like bouncing along uh in front of you uh but before we resolve that let's go back to manaya you're you're going another way around right and you've sunk maybe another 50 feet uh you're not out of range of the cove yet right uh but that fissure is getting like closer and closer and you can see it's shimmering and i think the bottom of your face is like lit up by its iridescent like oil slick spill of power what do you do I think maybe Manaya sees Oka, like, stab their calling edge in, and is like, ooh, maybe I could do that. And so she's going to try to, like, hook into the rock with her axe. Awesome. Make an attack roll. You do have a point I'm using of inspiration. inspiration. Okay, I'm using good. my inspiration. That's a not fucking one. Okay, that's better. 19. 19. Okay, that is sufficient. So you 
bang, you like hook the bladed, uh, the hooked edge of your axe against like that, that, um, that sea mount. And you're able to hold on even as for, for a little bit, at least as like the, pff, the waves like whip into you. So describe to me what it looks like as you try to like maybe ice pick your way up to the cove. Uh, yeah. So she basically, uh, just like axe hand, axe hand into the cove and is like really making sure that every handhold and foothold is sturdy and secure uh, before putting any weight on it. That's actually really smart. I'll give you a point of inspiration for that. Uh, so as nice. you as well, like sort of fling yourself into this like watery tunnel, Dewey, you snap back to consciousness, right? Everything is blurry, like a lot more blurry even than if you were underground because your glasses are gone, uh, is the first thing maybe that you notice. The second thing you notice is that you're in a cramped, almost like tunnel-like space, right? There's still a current, right? And it's quite strong and it's trying to wash you back out. Um, but I think as you like maybe like tumble for a little bit, like in the water, you bump against a solid form, Oka. And Oka, Dewey, Manaya, not V because you're unconscious, you all see like this this tunnel sort of terminates, right? It's like almost like a natural, like rocky tunnel uh, situation. It terminates and above it, there is a hole where like light is actually coming through. What do the three of you do? Uh, as Dewey bumps into Oka's face, uh, they like sho shove him uh, upward. And I think that's when they like look up and are able to see it. And then they're like, oh, shit. Uh, and it's like, you know, they've been holding their breath for a long time now. So they like really shove Dewey up, you know, to get him up there first. And they like kick, like, like push off the ground and like kick up, up and up and up and up. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Manaya? I think Manaya is... Uh maybe a bit delayed uh, behind the rest of the party. So when she gets there, she knows how to hold her breath. She knows how to swim. So she's not too desperate to get air just quite yet. But as soon as she sees, she sees a hole, especially with light coming out of it, she's going to kick up to it. Okay. And Oka, I'm assuming you're also dragging like V, right? Okay. Uh, so Oka, you're the first one to break the surface uh, of this hole uh, and you realize as you look at you're like gasping for air right because it's been a while since you've taken a breath you look around and you're in kind of a small cove like a natural like air pocket right like in in the middle of the sea mount uh, and you're sort of like in the middle of like a, a, a circular pool of water uh, and there's sort of like a rocky brim around you uh, that a ledge that you can pull yourself out of um, and all around you it's uh, it's maybe like a medium sized cove perhaps like 20 feet wide at its largest uh, with kind of like a low rocky ceiling with like stalactites like dripping moss and seawater uh, and, and stalagmites like growing out of the ground as well. The light you see is coming out of a fire that someone has lit at the other end of this cove. This shimmering fire that's also like casting some warmth over the area and you see the walls are sort of like uh there's a section of the wall that has been uh, decorated by tally marks. Like tally marks like etched into the wall. You see to your uh, left a giant axe uh, leaned up against one side of the cave that looks actually a lot like Manaya's axe. Maybe it gives you like a sense of deja vu, like a, a red axe with like white edge at the blade. Uh, and you see like uh, ripped up clothes uh, have been like fashioned into a kind of like sleeping area like a ripped up like black ja jacket um that a woman 
is lying on and she's breathing really hard and sweating really hard. She's got dark skin and this like 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 big hair that like comes out and her face strikes you. She's very beautiful actually. Um, but her face is blocked expediently by a big boot as a woman steps in front of it. Um, tall, strong, and for an instant you're like, oh, Manaya, how did you get in front of me? Uh, but it's not Manaya at all. It is a orc uh, woman who looks very strikingly like Manaya, but her face is a little bit more weathered. She's older and there's like scars uh, crossed, uh, uh, like crisscrossing her body in a way that doesn't crisscross Manaya's. And sort of hunched in another corner, like like daubing at the elven woman lying on the ground, like daubing at her, her, her like sweaty forehead is a human man with sort of like shimmering, like his skin is interesting because it's glistening, not with water you realize, but with like a thin layer of like shimmering copper scales. And you think instantly of the shimmering, like green, like almost like scale, like texture of V's face. Uh, this is This is what you see. I don't know if Oka actually registers any of that because they break the surface and they're like, they're frantic. Uh, the first thing they do is they like take the, you know, they take a huge breath, they sputter a little bit, and then they grab V's chin and pull her up so that her face is up and out. Um, and they like just flounder to get to any solid thing, you know, like probably not even registering that there are things, people or places in here. They're just literally trying to like, they like, if there's something near them, they like throw V's like chest, like they grab her shoulders and like throw her up on. So her face and arms are out. And then they like dive back uh, and try to grab onto the wet ball of wet ass pigeon uh, and pull him up too. Okay, Dewey, you wet-ass pigeon, you are clutched by Oka's drow fingers, quote-unquote drow fingers, uh, as they lift you out of the water, right? Do you resist? No, I don't know where I'm going. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dewey, you break the surface and you can take your first gasp of sweet, sweet oxygenated air uh, as Oka sort of like throws you like onto level level ground. What do you do? I think Dewey pukes. Uh, Dewey, you take your moment in the corner there. Uh, and at this point, Manaya, I think maybe this is where you make your grand entrance? I think so. Maybe she drags herself out of the water one hand at a time and stands up. And Manaya, you stand up. Is your, Are you still holding your axe or have you like put it back on your back? Uh, yeah, she's holding it. That was like her first hand was mm -hmm. the axe. And then, yeah. You drag yourself out of the water. You are sopping wet. And as you pull yourself, actually, uh, you don't pull yourself up to your feet alone, actually, like, hands steady you and, like, grab grab onto you, like, not in, like, a rough way, but in, like, a, a, a stabilizing way as you're still, like, coughing and, like, your, your, your eyes are still burning and stinging with salt water. Do you resist? These hands feel familiar. Uh, I don't resist, but I do, like, sputter out. <laughs> Thanks, Oka. And as you're pulled up to your full height, actually, uh, you look up into the eyes of your mother, Kahelani. Who the hell is Oka? They're the drow over there. Uh. And she she hugs you without saying anything else. She pulls you into, into like a huge hug. She's warm and dry. Uh, and you're like, you're wet as it's like soaking like against her skin and making her wet. Uh, but she like hugs and she squeezes you like really, really, really hard. Manaya drops her ax and squeezes back. Not quite uh, matching her strength, but... Right. And Oka 
And Dewey, it is quite an odd sight to see Manaya dwarfed by someone. She actually has to hunch a little, so like her head doesn't touch the ceiling. Um, and the hug is tightened by a, th- a third person joining in. And this is your father, Manaya. Uh, Napua. Uh, he doesn't quite register because he can't hold you as tight, uh, but you can you smell him, a smell that you haven't smelled in seven years. You smell your, your father's uh, cologne, maybe his like natural scent, uh, as he he wraps you up in, in his own hug. Him and I like takes out an arm and gets him in too. And even though you're, you know, sopping wet from, from the whirlpool, obviously, there's like a new, new, like warm, like wetness is like falling onto your face and like against your neck as both of your parents are like crying and they're like weeping and sobbing against you as they're like holding you. Manaya is whispering, like crying, like saying, uh, I'm sorry, over and over into her mother's uh, clothes. And your mother is just sort of like shushing you, like shh, shh talk it's okay it's okay uh and your father's saying there's nothing to be sorry for there's nothing it's nothing as they're holding you and and crying with you after probably a minute that feels feels like years um i think we pull away and there's still tears coming down naya's face as she asks how is she uh your your parents step away and Apua looks looks up at you uh, and says, "We've we've grown so much, Manaya. Uh, Nolly, your mom. She's she's not doing great. Uh, and to sort of puncture it, like you hear Nolly like cough, cough a little, like on on like the sheet of like clothes ripped up clothes that your other parents have have made for her. Uh, and she's going, Manaya, is she here? I can feel her, Manaya, princess." Is that you? At this, Manaya like gasps and is like, "Mom!" And she just books it and maybe like falls to the floor next to her, okay, onto her knees. Napua follows you uh, over, but we cut away very briefly for uh, Kahialani, who actually turns to Oka, Dewey, and V, and without like any ceremony at all, really uh, says, "She dying," pointing at V. Yeah, I think Oka has maybe not been watching the reunion so much uh, and has been like over V kind of like like shaking a little bit and like trying to cast healing hands uh, and having it just like not work to the point where like their fingers are like shaking and there's like a little bit of the red sparking coming off, but they like keep trying. They like are probably like about to slap V across the face to try to get her to wake up uh, and they like turn and just like nod really, really quack really fast uh before kahilani intervenes dewey is there any like healing you can do here or are you out oh i can i think that dewey's taken by this reunion of very a lot of very tall people in a place that he didn't think there were going to be people do you want to save v's life here or are you gonna let someone okay, else fine. do it fine okay. i'll fucking see yeah i'll be useful um dewey's gonna i guess crawl over on his hands and knees and um turn V on her side so she doesn't like so she can I don't know is she waterlogged I'm gonna cast cure wounds okay so how much HP does V regain 14 hit points dang okay I got V's like coughing up water and (laughs) there's a fish that comes out and flops around yeah okay Uh, upon seeing V 
revive, Kaiulani just gives a curt nod and turns and goes back to Nali, Manaya, and Napua. Uh, and Nali is sort of like reaching out for you, Manaya, like as she's lying down. And you can feel her fever from where you are without even touching her. She's running like a very high fever. And she seems to be like sort of like coming in and out of like consciousness, right? But like through sheer force of like willpower is hanging on, is hanging on there. And Napu is like, I I tried everything, but Manaya, the reason why we haven't been able to get out is, I don't know, my magic, it's, I use it and then it's it's gone. I, I can't feel it anymore. I would have gotten us out in no, no time at all, but the fight against that thing, it wore us down, and it's all we've done to just stay alive for me to cast, create food and water. And Nali just goes, shh, shh, and like she raises a hand uh, at a very hot, like, hot and yet clammy hand at the same time, like, touches the side of your face, Manaya. As she looks up, like, blearily through, like, tear-stained eyes. Manaya? Is that you? Yes, Mum, I'm here. We're here. Manaya, I'm not even gonna make you make a medicine check. Uh your mother your mum is dying. Napool goes, you No, there's a way, Nali, there's a way, Manaya. Kayalani, we can save all of us. I can I can save Nali, I can save you, I can save the princess. Manaya, if we split the princess into two halves, right? One half in you, one half in Nali, maybe both of you, I think both of you can stay alive, right? The pact won't entirely be broken, right? Half a life or half a life? I don't know, Dad. And at this, Manaya, I think, is going to close her eyes and draw deep, deep into her soul. Like if she's wading in, in the water of this newfound magic, uh, she's just stepped off the deep end, hoping to allow the princess to uh, manifest herself. Okay. And I think as you're like like entering almost like a Zen mode, right? As you're like closing your eyes and you're tapping into like the deepest reserves of your soul. All of you in the cove like feel wind, like a breeze begin to pick up a little as it's like swirling gently, not viciously like the whirlpool, but very gently and kindly around Manaya, and like out of nowhere you see like glittering like golden and brown and green like leaves like almost ghostly leaves like swirl around Manaya as the princess responds to your beckon princess i i'm here i don't know what to do can you can you help her and i don't think you know Manaya, uh but everyone else would see that your your silver eyes are glowing with like a green tint in them and when the princess speaks to you, Manaya, everyone in the room hears her voice as well as it spills out of your mouth, right? And the princess says, Oh, Nali. Oh, my best friend, my longest friend, my constant companion. I could... And Nali actually, her, like, her hand like strokes the side of your face, Manaya, and she just says, No. No. A life for a life, princess. No, mom, please. I made a pact. I will not tear you in half. I will not risk it. I will not risk mom. the life of my daughter. Mom, please, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. Manaya. And like her eyes suddenly like clear as she like sees you in like stark, like there's nothing blurring her, like not even the fever, right? Not even the sickness. She's looking at you straight. Mom. Please don't leave me. 
I'm not leaving you, Manaya. I am always here with you. And like her hand sort of like drifts down to your heart and like presses there. The people that you love, even after we leave Manaya, were never really gone. I will be there with you in your heart, in every breeze, every leaf that falls, every spell you cast. I'm there. At this, uh, as Nali is taking her last breaths, Manaya does something that she hasn't done in seven long, painful, lonely years. She sings a song. I felt the wind that breaks the ship blow gently on my heart. I've seen the broken shards of glass become a piece of art. I've watched the shadows turn to black and overtake the light. But I've loved the stars too fondly to be fearful of the night. The night. If darkness comes at eventide, or if it dims the morn, my path is bright, gold tangles light, with twinkling stars adorned. The shadows give perspective on things already known. And it, although familiar, was only mine unknown. Unknown sunlight fades like thy love has dimmed brightness once ablaze is flickering away Night comes riding on the wind. Though my soul is set in darkness, it will rise in perfect light. I have loved the stars too fondly to be fearful of the night. Love you, Mom. Moi am I. May Mahu's fires lift you until waves carry you swiftly and gently into the Raven Queen's arms. And 
Nolly dies with a smile on her face. It is uh, Napua who closes Nolly's eyes and he is crying immensely. Uh, and Manaya, you see your father sort of fold and crumple into himself uh, as he folds like he's like covering like the top half of Nolly's body with his own like torso. And he's just sort of like crying and sobbing in Uhan and sort of just like saying over and over again, like, why? Like, why? And like, not really making any sense or being coherent at all as he's crying. Kahealani next to you, Manaya, she has sunk to her knees while you were singing to Nali. And she is also crying. And she has one arm wrapped around your shoulder. And her other hand is sort of um, on Nali's leg. So what do the four of you do? I feel like Oka's probably also crying a little bit, just like watching from the corner where they, V and Dewey are sitting in like a wet heap together. And after a long moment, Oka is going to very, you know, letting them have their moment and time to grieve is going to very quietly start to um, like help V sit up a little bit um, and make sure everything is okay with Dewey and is just going to take, like not moving, but like looking back at the um, at the cave entrance at this place to see if there is any way out. They're, they're starting to try to formulate a plan to get these this family out of here. Yeah, uh, Oka, I won't even make you roll for it. There only seems to be one entrance and one exit, which is that little hole in the ground uh, with a, a tunnel that, that feeds like directly into the swirling maelstrom. Oka processing grief, aka let me do something else uh, so I don't have to look at this in the face, um, is looks at the tunnels and thinks of the swimming bulettes, like the way that they can dig through land and also dig through water. And that makes Oka look at V. And then also like consider like the top of like this dome space. Like, yes, there's only one entrance right now, but if there were a way to like, like, does the, I mean, does the top, how hard does the top of this place look? And like, from what I remember, did it go up much farther? Like how much rock would we have to dig through to hit the water? And then how much water would be above that? If you dug at an angle, like instead of going straight up, probably 30 or 40 feet of rock i'm also going to say because i forgot to do this uh devon you can take f you take two points of inspiration for that amazing performance so you can fill up on that because that was amazing um but yeah to answer your question at an angle 30 or 40 feet of of pure like bedrock and then how much water above that let's say all of you swirled down maybe 500 feet okay so probably another 500 feet of water above that to swim through sure with like another like 300 feet to reach that fissure at the bottom. Oka is going to like very gently kind of like pat V on the back. How are you doing? Are you okay? I've had better days. It's, it's been a very, very long day, my friend. But I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And Dewey, are you okay? 
I'm fine. I don't have the magic to get us out of here, though. Well, still have one of... And Oka's going to, like, check their pocket for the wand of polymorph that still has one more go. Amazingly enough, the wand has stayed strapped in <laughs> into your uniform, into your into your clothing. Let's give them a little bit more time, and then Oka kind of, like, twirls it in their fingers. And they look, look at V. Maybe you could just one more time. <laughs> what do you have in mind? I don't know. Maybe a, I need to think about it more, but let's wait for them to be ready to move. Speaking of the Wairuas, Kahealani just sort of starts talking while the three, uh, the three of you are in the middle of grieving. She's not even looking at you. She's just sort of speaking as a like addressing Nali. But the words are for you, Manaya, and it's in Uhan. Uh, and she says to you, "We were sailing, Ocean's Thread, on our way to the court, and then something started happening. Something that your mum and your father and I couldn't understand. People started disappearing, but we didn't notice it until it was just the three of us, like." <laughs> We didn't even have any memory of the other sailors being there in the first place. And then this, well, it was Napua who figured it out. He suggested there was a creature on board that had somehow maybe, I don't know how it got on deck, but maybe it was even there from the beginning and decided not to attack us until we reached the boundary waters for some reason. Or maybe it hopped on board during one of our pit stops. I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. Napua suggested there was some sort of monster stalking us, picking us off one by one, eating us. Did some investigation, and he concluded that as long as this monster was singing or talking, we couldn't perceive it. So, we set a trap. We tried to lure it out. But before we could get rid of it for good, before we could kill it, before I could chop off its head, a storm rocked us a, a storm I've Manaya I have never seen in my 30 40 plus years of being a sailor and she lets that settle in because that is that is saying something because your mom has seen a lot of shit and for her to say that this storm is like the biggest one she's ever seen and she's she exaggerates sure she's a sailor she's prone to it but here she's like dead serious I don't know it was just there was wind and rain and thunder, but something about it felt off. It was too big. I, I'd never seen Mahu that angry before, ever. And we were thrown overboard. And as the fates would have it, Scott and Nectus damned us, I suppose, sucked into the raven's eye. I thought we were goners for sure. But your father, Napua, he, he used his magic to, to shield me and... and Nolly with the princess was able to shield herself as well from, from the worst of the whirlpool. We were dredged down to the bottom and there's a, a fissure down there, Manaya. There's some sort of glowing light. I, to be honest, I don't really remember too much of it, but we were pulled in, we were pulled inside. I remember light, I remember burning. I remember drowning and screaming and wind and gale. And magic, the weave, pulling me, pulling my soul in different directions, and then we were shot back out of the fissure. I don't know how, because I don't remember going back up. I just remember going down. And then we were shot out, 
Nipua, Nali, and I were able to claw our way to this cove. If we kept spinning, we we just drowned to death. We've been here ever since. A notch for every day. And she indicates the tallies on the wall. We've tried everything to get out, but Nipua's magic ran out, and... Well, Nali, she... She could sense that you were in trouble. And the princess, well... But you're so... How are you so big, Manaya? <laughs> We've only been here for three months. At this point, has Napua uh, drawn back and is just sitting there? Yeah, he's drawn back. He's looking kind of like hollow, like dead-eyed at Nali, like a part of his soul like died as well as Nali. Manaya stares at, uh, at her father for just a moment and then looks down and says, Mother, I have something to tell you maybe we should move away from welcome to my privacy corner and she brings you to like a corner of the cove that's got like like a little like uh some kelp set in the corner uh and she like brings you like past like this like ring of kelp and she says in the three months that's been pretty tough for the three of us and we told each other this is anyone's privacy corner if they needed it so good you know the rules, Napua. Napua goes, yeah. And he, like, turns. <laughs> so, like, his back is facing the two of you. Mother, I... Let me start from the beginning. I... I'm a sailor now. It's like I've always wanted to be. Tied on with, uh... Captain Lahahana. You remember her? Well, yes, of course I... What do you mean you're a sailor now, Manaya? It's been... And how are you so... <sighs> Listen, we docked in Sulmanad because the ocean got too rough. And long story short, where we, uh, my companions over there, that's Oka, uh, Dewey, and the one on the ground is V. We were on a quest to save the world, I guess. Mother, it's, it's been a long time. It's been seven years, in fact. <laughs> that's, that's impossible. It's true. And Napua says without like turning, turning around, I knew something was up. I knew there was something going on with that fissure. We just didn't know what. The... I mean, I speaks up a little bit so that Nabua can hear. The creature that stole your memories. Oka called it a Hydra Flare. You'll be glad to know we killed it. You... But how? Where? Manaya, I... Seven... Seven years... And your mother sort of braces against the wall. It looks like she's, like, lightheaded. I know. It's a lot to take in, but... We... We missed... We missed... We missed seven years? We missed seven years with you? I'm afraid so. No, no, but you must have been... But who took care of you? When you didn't come back, I was... Too young to live on my own, so I... But went to the orphanage. You know the one down the street. The orphan, The orphanage? 
What, none of the other sailors' families would take you in? None of the... Lahana, she... You, you grew up an orphan? No, no, mother. I had a wonderful childhood. I only stayed there for a, a year or two, and mostly as a, a volunteer taking care of the other kids. But as, as soon as I was old enough to get out of there and Lahahana hired me, I... I left. I, I didn't want to think the worst, but I've been on some wild journeys that I thought you were gone. Oh, Manaya. Uh, and she gives you another hug. Uh, and at this point, Manaya, is this when you like fill in your parents about like everything? Mm-hmm. The you, paragons like, tell, and yeah, the par- everything and Doctor Aluso and everything. Yep. Is there anything you leave out? Personal information about my companions. Other than that, no. Okay, cool. So the fact that like Dewey's on the run from the URL. Yeah. Okay, cool. Maybe when you're done with your tale, like the fire has died down a little. You know, it's just like sparking embers, and Napua sort of like automatically snaps his fingers, and like poof, the flames like jump back to life, and like a I think a silence settles at this point. I think Kahelani and Napua have both like sat down. You know, they've like mm-hmm. we've like exited the little cove and like are sitting around the fire. Yes, yes. Like you, and I think at this point, like all four of you have dried off. That's how long mm-hmm. this tale takes. You know, like you're no longer shivering. Yes, Oka? Can we perhaps take the benefits of a short rest? Not to bring mechanics into the role play, but could we perhaps take the benefits of a short rest? <laughs> yeah, you certainly can. So take the benefits of a short rest. Do do Mania's tale. Because, wow, y'all need it. <laughs> um, and do you also tell your parents about what you discovered during the Arc 1 interlude when you went to the Kuvi Hot Springs and learned about like magic being finite? Yes. Okay. Avoiding my father's eyes. Sure. I do so. Sure. So by the end of this, your father has like produced a, a coin actually, and he's like weaving it like between his fingers, uh, and like what, there's like a silence I think settles like over the fire. And Oka, Dewey, and V, the three of you have also been invited to like sit around the fire. So I don't think you're like off to the side anymore. Like all of you are sitting around the fire together. And Napua goes. <sighs> Well, at least I'm not alone in my magic leeching out. Oh, but this doesn't... You. V, was it? Manaya mentioned you're a, a magic user. Has your magic also evaporated? Not yet. I've still... I've been trying to conserve it, but when you're trying to save the world, it gets a little difficult. Well, Kahealani chimes in, maybe it's because she's a... Uh... Paragon. Maybe that's why her magic has stayed and yours has. Well, that might be true. I can't believe this is so much to wrap our heads around, Manaya. Oka kind of like has had their brow furrowed for a little bit. uh, And they look to Napua and they go, You said you went into that crack at the bottom. Yes, we did. We tried fighting against it, but the whirlpool was too strong, and the storm was battering us in a way I had never seen before. We were forced down. I, I thought sure, we were going to Sure, sure, sure. And you've only been here for three months? He indicates the tallies. So you popped back out during the cataclysm. I would 
reckon a guess that the fissure probably pulled all your magic out just by looking at it. It has unbelievable amounts of magical force. It's a miracle that we didn't get sucked into it. So, I mean, that might be why you've lost your magic. Not very many people on Andake have, although the magic is dwindling. That, that's entirely possible. <laughs> I'm, and if you were technically in there for seven years or something, then probably had a long time to siphon that magic out of you. It didn't feel like seven years. It felt like an instant, and then we were shot back out. Seconds, minutes, maybe, at the most. And then we saw, it's coming back to me now, we saw images, images in the light. I, My guess? And, like, your, your father is sort of, like, still, like, weaving that coin. And his, like, brow is, like, furrowed in a way that you've seen a, a few times before, Manaya, when he's, like, thinking really hard, like, right before he, like, spouts, like, a genius theory or something. My guess, it's some sort of intertemporal rift. I mean, it spat us back out seven years into the future. Right, Kahelani? And the images we saw, you saw the uh, images of armies, right, Kahelani? Yeah, I, I thought I was just going. But she, like, gestures at her head. No, no. Images from the past. Images from a future. If I go through that rift again, I, I might not survive it. I might get my magic back, or I might get shot back to the past, or rubber banded into the future. No, no, we, we can't lose you too. Don't worry, Manaya. I'm. It was just a theory. I'm not actually. Nothing is worth. I'd rather keep my magic gone than suffer you to lose me too. That is not a place that any person should go. No, certainly not. Well, the four of you, I suppose, are trapped here with us now. I mean, you have magic, right, V? Maybe... I mean, Manaya, did you have a... Quite embarrassing for us to be asking our daughter to save us again, but we're sort of all out on ideas of how to get out of here. I have one. And Oka, like, takes out the little wand. But, you know, whenever you're ready, don't, don't mean to rush you. Napua's eyes light up at seeing the wand. He says, a magic item. It's been months, years. Anyway, do you mind if I, what is that? Uh, no, no, it's mine. Oka is weirdly protective of it. Um, but they're like, there's only w one left. It's a, um, uh, you can turn people into animals or monsters with it. You just point at it and say what, what you want them to be. Uh, incredible. A wand of polymorph. Well, if only I had access to my greater reserves of magic, I would have polymorphed us all into sharks and gotten us out of here already. I... Who is that meant for, Oka? What? I mean, you can't turn us all into sharks or anything. Well, uh, I mean, I was thinking of a, a water bulette or perhaps a tide whale. Um, maybe another... Uh, um... Oka kind of like hits their brow furrowed and they're like going through their monster encyclopedia in their mind. And then they, they like look and they're like, well, I was going to turn V into, uh, and they like kind of like gesture with it sort of loosely. Uh, they're like, well, I was going to like turn V into, and they like pointed at V. And then this word 
um, actually just like comes into their mouth. Like, I don't think it was their idea when they say it. Um, almost like Vinash just like sparks into their mouth for like half a moment. And they go, well, I was going to turn V into a dragon. And they point it and they use the polymorph. <laughs> um, a beam of light shoots out from the wand uh, and it strikes V square in the chest with such force. I think V that you, you crumple backward across the fire. It doesn't hurt, but poof, the magic like sinks into you and poof, dissipates. Uh, and I think Kahe, Eladi, and Apua book go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like as you like do that kind of thoughtlessly and they, they like almost like go for their weapons, you know, like Kahe, Eladi, like, like reaches for her ax, you know, and Apua like goes like to, to like a, a wand of his own, like strapped to his waist. But then nothing happens. Oh, fuck, fuck, shit, I don't, that's so fucking stupid, dragons are fucking extinct, oh my fucking god. Uh, and Apu just goes, oh, well yes, I was going to say that whatever creature you decide to turn any one of us into better still, I mean, be real, or exist, or have some sort of DNA for the magic to pull on, because otherwise there's no way V is gonna... And then V inflates. V grows. V okay. No. <laughs> like, and then choose a different word. And then V and then V enlarges. Okay, elong. Fine. Okay. And then V gets bigger. Like V, like your. I think the first part of your body that shoots up is your neck. Voo. Like your neck just hits like the ceiling and your head hits the ground because your head has gotten so big that it's it's like weighing down your neck. And then like your clothes, um uh I'll let you pick V. Do your clothes melt into you or do they split? Uh they melt into me. Okay. Your clothes melt into you as you begin to transform slowly but surely into a fucking white dragon. Uh like scales like like sprout from your skin uh, and your eyes remain like green like V's eyes right uh, but like your blonde hair sort of poof, like becomes like tufts of fur that like go down like the, the ridge of your, your spine and the dragon that you are is sort of like a, a like a Chinese dragon right like it's like long and it's got like multiple legs think like a Haku from like from Spirited Away uh, but like there's like a tiny pair of like wings at the very end that like begin to sprout out uh, but you begin to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You're like filling up the space inside the cove. What do the four of you do? Luca starts screaming. Dewey scrambles back and falls into the hole of water. <laughs> Manaya. Manaya, for the first time, is not calm-minded in an emergency. She looks to her parents. Kahayalani is going, What? What the? What? <sighs> All right. Okay. It's happening. Okay. Napua? Uh, and Napua is like, I got her, and is like scooping up Nali like very gently, you know, uh, as as V is expanding and expanding, and Kahealani looks at you, Manai, and says, grab on. Uh, right. Snap to it, sailors. We've got one shot at this. Hold your breaths. Uh, as Kahealani takes charge, and she like gets up on uh, V's expanding back and like grabs onto like the tufts of like fur for purchase, right on, on like the back of your neck, V. V, how are you handling this as you're continuing to grow? And I think like your tail smacks into the ceiling and it cracks, right, and like bits of rock begin to like spill from the ceiling. Yeah, uh, V's gonna see the the cracking rocks and look down at everyone like getting on 
to her back and all of a sudden she has to cough and I think she's going to cough uh, a was it cold breath uh, this huge icy blast uh, at the the cracks forming you know icing everything over so it becomes hopefully more frail and she's just in this huge roar everybody hold your breath as she prepares to just plow through rock okay so Oka and Dewey are you also grabbing on to V? Dewey you're sort of floundering in the hole of water I guess I don't want to be left V's tail switches around and you grab onto it and you're like flapping him. Yeah, I think I think that's what happens. What about you, Oka? Oka's screams uh, have turned into like manic laughter, like a mad scientist whose you know one theory has shattered open into their whole world. Uh, so they're like they're like a child, like with uppy hands, like at, at V's face. They're like V, V. Like just like screaming, and they like want to try to like get up closer, like up, like basically onto her neck. Kahialani grabs you by like the scruff of your neck and pulls you up like you're a rag doll, like to sit like in front of her, actually. So she's like patron patronizing you a little bit, like she's her chaperone. And then like ice crystals like form on on the ceiling and poof, crack open. And V, you bust through. You just you rock it and your powerful light like dragon body just crashes through this bedrock uh, and water gallons and gallons and tons and tons of water begin like rushing in to fill this empty space and like all the tally marks and all the little bits of scrap clothing begin to like get like washed away as this like water begins to fill this cove and v you pummel uh out like you dig you're like digging and like roaring and breathing and clawing through the bedrock uh of where this cove is built into and then you hit the ocean and i'm not gonna make any of you do any checks because this is such a fucking awesome idea uh and oka i just need you to give you a point of inspiration for that and v i also need to give you a point of inspiration for taking it like a champ (laughs) um so v how do you get your friends out of there? You are in the middle of the whirlpool. And even your powerful draconic body is getting sort of like buffeted by it. What do you do? Based on the drawing, like there base I wanna hit the the center of the whole of the wall. So like hopefully I'm I'm get, reaching air faster than anything else. Um and then I assume I can fly, maybe? Yes, you can fly. <laughs> Alright. So <laughs> All of a sudden, I have never-ending story in my head. Uh, v is just gonna plow up like as quickly as possible into the eye of the of the raven's eye. Just plow through and just roaring as soon as she hits oxygen, and straight up, straight up into the air, past the um, the sort of oceans level, and. The finish line is still there. I'm assuming people are still gathered. I don't know if the race is over or not, but everyone just hears a roar and they see this this uh, this beast flying up in the air and the sunlight's probably, you know, just a silhouette in the sky. And as it V does a little bit of showing off, a little bit, you know, it's got to be V style. There's going to be some somersaults and uh, barrel rolls and everything else as she then swoops in over the ocean and hits that finish line if it's still there at all. Okay, yeah. We finished dead last on the back <laughs> of a dragon. <laughs> oh my we god. We did it with style. 
Yeah, okay, so you shoot like out of the middle of, of the raven's eye, like, and you fly into the air and you like burst through the cloud cover and burst through like the swirling winds of the hurricane above the raven's eye and you see it the finish line and there's several people across the finish line already and actually there seems to be like an award ceremony happening because you see there's like a floating like stage that's not made of wood but made of like glowing like like discs of light and like upon that stage you see quicksilver uh the yuan t man with like the uh the cowboy hat on basically uh and that uh quick sling at his hip uh and he is in the middle of of awarding first place medals uh, on top of like a little like like stand to the bone breakers uh, who you've slingshotted to victory, apparently. And he's, like, putting the final medal, like, around Lore's neck when people, like, everyone, like, gathered about, like, on this platform in the middle of the ocean starts screaming uh, as a huge white dragon flies through the air, like, straight toward that stage. Uh, Quicksilver turns around and, like, his eyes go wide. And he actually draws his, his, his quicksling and boom! There's, like, a, a bang as the gun goes off. But V, it just ping! It, like pings off of your scale like you don't even feel it as you go like rushing past and everyone is screaming a few people like jump into the water to like get away from you like other people are like cowering um but the bone breakers uh laura is just going that's my crew that's my crew uh, and she's like pointing and screaming and jumping and laughing uh people are going like what a dragon no it's gotta be an illusion right there's no way are the dragons back what uh and you all of you sort of see like ace like this rat folk man along with like his like two like tide wolf like like companions they're both like quivering in fear and like ace is like tearing his fur out being like what is going on like losing his little rat mind and v you do like a loop to loop through the air and he's like you fly back toward the stage how are the rest of you taking this i'm just trying to hang on for dear life i'm not enjoying this ride <laughs> i think kahealani is the only reason that oka has not stood up and tried to surf it you know or like get up closer you know like she's the only reason that i think they're still actually attached to v's body what about you manaya i think manaya is maybe uh backwards on V's back, helping uh, Napua hold Nolly. Totally. And I think maybe that's where the, the scene can end with like V doing like, like loop-de-loops in the air, like, like as like a dragon, like majestic, like backlit by the sunless sky. And then I think we need to move into like an epilogue like sort of situation for this arc because there's a, a couple of loose ends we gotta tie up. So... Let's return to, first of all, the weave spun nest. Uh, yes, Oka. I was going to say maybe V-Dragon can fly us to the weave spun nest instead of ending at the end of the race, perhaps? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so are, th- are y'all going to, like, the bone breakers are doing, like, uppy uppies, like they want to go on. <laughs> are y'all going to, like, let the bone breakers join you? It's honestly, We're part of their crew. We'll get the reward at some point. Mm-hmm. It's V's decision as the dragon. V's going to swoop in low, one, one tail claw extended, and just swoop up all three of them in one, one grasp and heads off into the distance to take all of our friends somewhere a little more drier with a little more land. 
Yeah, they're all screaming their heads off, you know, like as you as you a single huge claw like scoops them up. Uh, Laura's just shitting her pants. She's going, this is the best day of my life. Oh my goodness. Praise God and Nectus uh, as you through the air and like literally riding off into the distance. And I think like as soon as like uh, your entire party's like out of sight, like there's like a moment of silence like by like the stage and Quicksilver like like his cowboy hat has like flown off, you know, and he just goes, what? Tarnation. Uh, <laughs> then we go back to a uh, V swirling through the clouds, right? And this magic lasts for like an hour, right? Is like what we've established. Mm-hmm. That's more than enough time for you to get back to the weave spun nest. I'm assuming that's where you're going. That's last where mm-hmm. that's last where you left Rev. So as a V dragon, dragon V, all the way back down, you see like blooming emerald green forest like and swamp like meet your gaze as you break down past cloud cover you see like the glittering like blue waters of the boundary waters and the hema sea to the north of it sweeping and then to the to the far far south you see like a uh, more of the of the continent of andake uh, and you can't quite see uh, the islands of uhanahi of course even from your high vantage point uh, and the you, you fly back down and as you get closer and closer the trees begin to like take on individual shapes instead of just like a sea of green bisected and you can see like the black tongue snaking through the entirety of the country of the court of ravens and you descend lower and lower and lower until your belly is skimming the tops of trees um and the breeze is rushing past you you know it's really quite a magical experience um until V, you dip past uh, the cover uh, the, the the canopy of the trees and you break into like a, a you approach a clearing the weave spun nest and waiting for the four of you in the middle of the weave spun nest, which I think the weave spun nest is big enough to hold you, V. It's quite mm. that's how large this this nest is, made from like the tangled boughs and roots and branches of huge trees knitted together to form a big nest like shape. And V, as you light down in the middle of this nest and you like your claws like hit the ground, Rev is standing there holding a scythe. On her right, uh, with that cape of feathers, like like whipping out behind her in the breeze. Dust and twigs and leaves are kicked up as you land. What do the four of you do? Manaya, Kahealani, and Napua carrying Nali get off first, uh, and slow. Well, not slowly, but wordlessly walk up to Rev. Okay, Napua. I mean, I, you explained who Rev was. I think uh, to mm-hmm, to your parents. Mm-hmm. So Napua moves to like wordlessly like set Nali's body down in front of Rev. Do you help him with this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. As that happens, Rev just sort of looks you directly in the eyes, Manai, and says, and she, when she speaks, it's al- it's like almost in like a double voice. You could hear like an undercurrent of the Raven Queen's voice, just like brimming with power, like underneath her own voice. And Rev says, I can't describe this feeling, Manaya. It's like... It's like I was missing something I didn't even realize I was missing. And now I have it. The profane undeath is gone. But this is my dominion. The court is my domain. Her soul has remained inside her body. It has not gone yet. And she actually... She she raises uh, the scythe. 
She says, this will not harm her. I nod. And Rev brings down the scythe and sweeps it across Nolly. And the blade goes through her body, but it doesn't cut her. It just sort of like passes through her corporeal form. And when like the blade like sweeps past like where her heart would would have been is, uh, you see like the, the silver blade of it like shimmers and you see Nolly's face like flit across it. Just, just for like half a second, and then it's gone. And then, like, uh, Rev actually like twirls the scythe, and then the scythe like disappears in like a puff of black smoke. Her soul is with me now. I will carry it until we're connected with the after again. Thank you. You're welcome, Anaya. <laughs> she tells me to tell you she loves you. Yes. I'm assuming Rev can't respond to her, so I'm I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna try to do the like tell her I love tell her. Tell her I love her, and then if she tells you that she loves you even more, right. Um Rev turns to Kahealani and Napua. These must be your parents. The ones you were trying to save. Yes, these are the well, the three of them. By the gods! A real live paragon. Never thought I'd see the day. And Kahealani like steps forward, uh, looking down at Rev. Uh, she's sort of like sizing Rev up and nods and then turns back to you, Manaya, and the party at large and says, well, <laughs> feels like a dream. Feels like Mengshen Zhidi is playing a trick on me. But what's next, Manaya? What? Saving the world even more? I, I have a duty. It's what I was born to do as much as I thought it was sailing. I'm sure we can find a room for you two with Dr. Luso in the Republic of Talmud. The oceans are too dangerous to try to go back home. I'm sorry. No, no, you're you're right, Manaya. And Kahailani puts a hand on your shoulder and you see her like eyes are brimming with tears either for Nali or for you. Probably both. And she says... I still can't believe it. This again feels like a dream. I'm afraid that if I go to sleep and I wake up, we'll be back in that cove. Manaya, I can't believe it. My daughter, a paragon. If it was going to be anyone, to be the chosen of Mahu, it would be you. It would be our daughter. Isn't that right, Napua? And Napua sort of like nods and places his hand on your other shoulder. We're proud of you, Manaya. Thank you. You know, <laughs> I thought for a good week that maybe I wasn't a paragon. Maybe it was supposed to be one of you. <laughs> well, damn. If Napua or I were paragons, we would have been out of that cove in three seconds flat. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Napua would have the biggest fireball. You know what? I bet I would have. And Apu is like, like scratching his chin, like thinking about the possibilities. Oh, and and mother, you would have just smashed that rock, like it was nothing. One swing, bam! And she like gestures with her axe and like laughs, laughs with you. <laughs> um, I think at this point Rev steps forward to the rest of the party. Uh, Oka, Dewey, and especially V Dragon. <laughs> um. And Rev looks up at you, V, as you're just huge, brimming with power, and says, You know, I... 
If I didn't literally have a god inside me at this moment, I would have said this was impossible. He, um, you can see the whiteness uh, start to blush and of her cheeks, of her dragon cheeks, and she says, I'm living it right now, and I still think it's impossible. Napua breaks away from Manaya and Kahelani and says, well, if I may interject, all this talk about paragons, the cataclysm, everything, is obviously making me recalibrate my definition of what is and isn't possible. But I do have to put my foot down here. V, it shouldn't be possible for you to polymorph into a dragon. Unless, and he like pauses for like a really long time. I mean, and he scratches at like these coppery scales that like adorn his neck. Unless you were, I mean, actually part dragon. We all know dragons don't exist, right? You say as a dragon. You <laughs> <laughs> just gonna hold on real tight to that denial. <laughs> you know, my I my mother always told me my father was a dragon, but I just thought she was you know not quite in touch with reality all the way. Is that so? And Napu like cocks his head to the side. And uh, says, well, I never really knew my mother, but all the kids at the orphanage where I grew up made fun of these. So I made up a story for myself, said my dad was a copper dragon, fell in love with my mom. Maybe this was meant to be our meeting. Maybe, yes. It, it seemed, I hate the word destiny, but it does seem like very good luck. That we came across each other. V, oh, father, you could teach us so much. V, my father is such a powerful sorcerer. No, 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 I'll, I'll let you two. Uh, <laughs> oh, Manaya, I, I would have agreed with you. I, I am quite a uh, powerful sorcerer, but I am all out of magic. There's still a lot of theory, practice, and strategy I'm sure I could pass on, though. I could definitely have a conversation. Um, and V like does sort of like the head thing to uh towards Rev. <laughs> like, uh, not very subtle as a huge dragon. But okay. <laughs> maybe this we could have this conversation a little bit later. Yes, uh, says Rev, and she turns to the rest of the party and says, "Well, I'm sure there's a lot for us to discuss. It would definitely be a good idea for your parents to stay at Dr. Eluso's. That's probably the safest place for them to be. I think the five of us should talk about our next steps. And Kahialani and Apua just sort of raise their hands. Like, Kahialani lifts her hand from your shoulder and says, Go, have your talk. We'll look at this huge bird's nest, I suppose. <laughs> and she, she, she's looking around at the weave spun nest. We'll get you to safety, I promise. That's priority number one. Certainly. Now, this is holy ground, so you might want to watch your step. And Napua was, like, picking at some twigs on the ground, like, fascinated. And he goes, oh, uh, yes, <clears throat> of course, certainly. Holy ground. Uh, and he, he and Kahilani step aside to give the four of you and Rev uh, some space to talk and plan about your next steps. For arc three! So... Now that the five of you have some alone time, what do the four of you say? 
V, you know, I think you can like, I think it's up to you when the magic stops. Not to, you know, just, just, just saying. You know, I didn't want to say it out loud, but it's a little awkward trying to look up at her. I know. I feel like if we're trying to be private. I have to shout for you to hear me. But um, there's a very large sigh, which. It's even larger because of dragon size, Sai. And um Sai is like cold air blows right, around this. Right, as as the exhale is like there's like air crystals and you're feeling a little bit cold and you have to like wrap your up in your whatever you're wearing at the time and she um she like closes her eyes and just like you see her like trying real, real hard. And you slowly, slowly see. And then all of a sudden, like, her vest pops out of the dragon skin as she's shrinking and shrinking. And she's still got this really long head and wings go melting away. Her hair on the back slowly becoming the hair on her head. and But she still has this really long neck that's like her head is on the ground still. And then she just, like, has to, like, reach down and grab it and, like, pick it up and like put it on and then that finishes the transformation <laughs> back to me. Well, that's turns- fucking horrific. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like you're out of charges, right? Because that was grisly. Can I give Erica inspiration for that? That was Yeah, absolutely. Funny. So uh, V take another point of inspiration for that amazing description. Uh, okay. So V as you shrink and then head back on as V proper. Um, Oka, uh, I think as you're looking at V, sort of like, get her like limbs sucked back in, something about like the, the dragon form, right, of V strikes a chord with you. Uh, and as she shrinks back down into a elf form, the sort of image of like her as like a big majestic dragon remains like emblazoned like on your vision. Uh, as we hit a flashback, because we did hit that goal, uh, to Oka's past. And I think that superimposed image of like V as a dragon is now imposed on a, a strip of, of paper. Like a... a Azure, like bluish, like beautiful, like almost like rainbow dragon on this scroll that's open on a like desk. Uh, that Oka, you as a much younger Oka, are sitting in front of studying. And sitting across, or actually next to you in her wheelchair, is your mother, Arden. Uh, you know how like six year olds will not sit very well, but they'll like basically stand up in their chair and have their like entire bodies over tables. That is what uh, baby Oka is doing with this like mess kind of. They're like probably like maybe seven, like maybe like seven or eight. Um, these like the t- these like two big uh, pupils, uh, like with the with the blue. Scalera is just like pouring over these pages and like um, they anytime they see a drawing they like bring it up really close to their face and they're like what's <laughs> this one this one it's so uh, it's it's amazing I wanna can't we just I wanna see one can't we see one <laughs> oh Makoya I'm sorry but dragons and giants well 
They went extinct a long time ago. Oka's face falls. This is the worst news that they have ever heard in their life. And they're like, what? Extinct? That's not fair. What do you, what, why? Well, a long, long time ago, there was an event known as the Thousand Year War, where the great dragon Oh, that kingdom... sounds boring. Mm, what about the dragons? What about, well, f father has dragons, so, right? Yes. yes. The seal of our kingdom, the seal of your father's domain, Makoya is the Azure Dragon. But our house, the Hien's, and she like f like turns the scroll to like show like a, a, a new section of it. And it is actually a Tilin, uh, which is this sort of like creature with like antlers uh, and almost like a dragon-like face, but it's not quite a dragon and like a, a deer's body and hooves and like a little tufted tail. Uh, lion's face actually. And I think the Tilin is a is a lot a lot more majestic than the dragon, don't you think? No. No. Well, well, mm, it's okay, I guess. But I think that the dragons are just bigger and cooler. If that's father's house, why isn't it ours? Well, Think of your father as a very, very, very big house, like the palace, right? Your father is the palace, and there's a lot of rooms in the palace. Aren't there, Makoya? A lot of rooms I'm not allowed to go into. That's right. And we are one of the rooms. Can't we go in other rooms? No, not, not the ones we're not allowed in, Makoya. Let's not get in trouble here. Okay, fine. But I won't... I'll make you a deal, Mom. I won't go into any... And they, like, kind of scratch their nose because they're young and they get distracted, right? And they, like, look over the parchment and they're like, Well, fine. Um, if you let me fight monsters, then I won't go in any rooms. Oh, the Tealion isn't a monster, Oka. It's, it's a guardian. It's a protective spirit. Look. See those clouds underneath its hooves here? It floats around all day on a little cloud so it doesn't harm a single blade of grass. That's how kind its heart is. It can see into the hearts of evildoers, and then it'll gore them right through the chest. And like she like like does like a little blah to like scare you a bit. Like <laughs> like you. Okay, fine. The Tealin is my favorite, even though I kind of like the dragon more. Good. And again, Makoya, don't go into those other rooms. I did get a talking to from Queen Guilin about you tugging on Prince Tien's braid. Well, he has a stupid braid and he called me names. Well, he's, he's two years younger than you, so... Try to be a little nicer, okay? Fine. Like the Tealin. I'll float, and then I won't touch any grass. And they like kind of like jump off the desk and like run around to the other side, and they like pull out more drawings, uh, or more like illustrations, and like point and look and ask their mom which which beast is which. 
I love that. And maybe we end that with like your mom, like turning, like wheeling her chair over to you and like pointing at all the cute little images. And we like leave that scene, that flashback of with, you know, on the Tilian uh, open on that page, specifically on its like very like fierce face and its long antlers uh, that your mother had said would gore through the chest of evildoers. And now we flash back to Oka um, maybe with like unconsciously your hand touching your chest where that scar is uh, as V finally compresses back into V form. So Oka, what do you say? Uh, Oka uh, stares at V for kind of a long time. Uh, and then they just kind of clear their throat. <clears throat> right. Um, since we technically won the derby um we should uh and they like kind of like like uh get their clarification back a little bit more we should we should take up that reward it's been so fucking hard to get to the heart of any of this and i'm sure nabal has its own problems that the doctor can fill us in on but the chance to talk to the champion is one that we should not let go of i agree Nabal is close, just across the boundary waters, assuming we can avoid the raven's eye this time. Uh, it'll be quicker to get there than try to go back to the doctors. I don't know, uh, Manaya. Maybe we should just take a dinghy, uh, just straight shot, right? Just again. <laughs> straight shot would be the fastest. I can make sure we get a seaworthy ship. If it's just across the boundary waters, we shouldn't run into too much trouble. And what will you do then, Rev? Will you come with us? We could sure use the power of a god on our side. <sighs> I'm torn, Manaya. There's something you should know. After I accepted the Raven Queen into my soul, I got grim. I got the mantle of the grave, and she gestures to the cape. I also got something else. I wasn't entirely sure until the four of you came back here, but I think I can sense if other paragons are nearby. What do you mean? Well, the four of you are lighting up in my periphery. It feels like, I don't know, I can just, I can tell. You know? Looking at the four of you, it feels, it feels right. Uh, but only when you flew closer. I, I could tell where you were. I could tell you were coming at me at a great distance and at great speed. Maybe uh, a, a mile out? So I might... If we're trying to find the other paragons to maybe get our powers together, get Vinash into its proper host, you know, gestures at Yuka, maybe we'll have enough power to put Andake back together. But I also owe, I don't know, uh, this is my domain. The court of ravens are my people. I have to, I have to take care of them. I need to harvest the souls that remain in everyone's bodies who were left behind by the lifting of the profane undeath. There's a lot of rebuilding to be done here, too. Maybe we can regroup then. You take care of what needs to be taken care of here. We can't put Undake back together if the court is still shattered. Maybe we can talk to the champion and then regroup, see what we know about Nabal. Then maybe you can come help us find more paragons, depending on how that all goes. Right. Uh, we'll go talk to the champion. 
Shall we meet you on the southern shore of the Ingir? We shall. Okay. Then in that case, V. Rev turns to you, V. Like her one golden eye and one pure inky black eye, like, locked on you. Obviously, you're going with your friends, right? Yeah, I... I guess I really should, um... V's torn. Um, I I really hope you get come back to us as quickly as possible. Well, all I need to do is harvest a couple hundred souls scattered across the Court of Ravens, store them all in Grim, make sure the Raven Queen's okay, help rebuild the court from the ground up, expel the last of these Nabalian... Nabalisha vagrants from our borders. Yeah, shouldn't take too long. That is both terrifying and kind of attractive all at the same time. Really? Oka puts uh, their their hand kind of like over Dewey's face and begins to like lead them away. Uh, and like kind of like Manaya's walking yeah. on like Manaya's <laughs> elbow too. Please. And just like goes like a beeline to somewhere else. <laughs> but you think it's hot that I have a god inside me? Shut up, <laughs> Oka says. <laughs> Shut up. I, at one point, while we were out there, I had a vision of you and I saw Scald and Nectis. <sighs> I remember. It was when the Raven Queen and I first united. You were there. I, I guess I was thinking about you and my soul called you there. And you were in danger, I think? You were about to die, but I gave you a little bit of the Raven Queen's blessing. She sees, and I see too, Scott and Nectis inside you. You are a paragon, V. You're a paragon of Scott and Nectis. I... I... Really... Seeing what these have done to Oka and everyone, like... That's that's terrifying to me. I don't. I I never believed in all these gods and goddesses to begin with. You know what, V? When I was young, I believed in the Raven Queen so much that it hurt. And then I lost the first woman I'd ever loved, and I stopped believing in her at all. But now, there's a part of her literally inside me. And V, if it's the right god, it doesn't hurt at all. It feels like remembering a face you didn't realize you'd forgotten. It's not so scary. It was meant to be. Destiny. I grew up for many, many decades hating the idea of destiny. My mother always told me that it was my destiny for... She also told me that my father was a dragon and I didn't believe that for many years. I... I tried to prove her wrong or right many times and it just never seemed like she was right but all of a sudden it seems like everything I once believed to be true is completely false I do like the fact that if you can call me to you at any time like you did whether I'm in trouble or not I hope that even when we're apart, 
We can carry a little bit of each other along the way. If you're in trouble, I'll know. And Rev bends down. And I think maybe we like we cut away at just like the right moment as like Oka's like covering Dewey's eyes. <laughs> like Manaya's turning away. Um and yeah, uh V and Rev, the two of you share an intimate moment. Baba is here as well, sharing that moment with us. And I think like does that feel like a good place to end? Do we feel like we want like one more like or, like should I paint like a word picture bringing us out? Paint us the word picture and take us out. Okay. So sort of like off like Rev and V's kiss, I think like we pan up to see like the sunless sky getting darker and darker, like painting like a dull gray across like the starless horizon. Um, as the bone breakers are sort of like huddled in a corner, like looking in awe at the four of you, Kahealani and Napua are sort of like hunched next to like Nali's like peacefully resting body. Uh, and Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V. The four of you look toward the other shore across the boundary waters for your next stop in the leg of your quest to save the world. The championship of Nabal. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, Fezlian Studios, and Soundstripe. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give them a follow on Twitter at omikegram. Podcast editing is by Marisa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azara, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Target.